0: We've started a great uh, series titled Red Letters, The Words of Jesus, and we are in part three of that this morning. So I hope you all have been learning and, and getting encouraged and, and getting your faith up and your hopes up as we've been diving in and studying and looking at some key scriptures, some, some key words, some key red letters uh, that Jesus has said and spoken to us as we've been going over this last couple weeks. Really, we, we launched this thing off and, and started week one with really the importance of building a strong foundation in Christ, right? And so I hope you are trying to build a stronger uh, life, anybody? Uh, a stronger life, a strong relationship with God, a stronger relationship with, with others. And so we kind of really started there. And last week we, we kind of pivoted the message and, and started talking about uh, uh, the labor field uh, and, and laborers. And Jesus said that the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, right? And then we, we, we hopefully challenged you last week as we, we looked and seen what Jesus said about us being a light for Christ in the world. We're supposed to shine bright for His glory. And so I hope you shined bright this last week. You're shining bright this morning here in the sanctuary. Amen. And so this morning, the theme of our message, we're still going to be looking at red letters and words of Jesus, but the theme is really going to be, we're transitioning on into what Jesus says about loving God and loving others. Loving God and loving others. And really, this is the two most important things as we'll show you this morning. And really the only two commandments that Jesus even gives us. To live and to live right before God and to, to, to have our to keep our slates clean, so to speak, to be in right standing with God. Jesus says we have to love God and we have to love others. Go ahead and look at your neighbor or tell somebody who'll listen to you this morning and say, hey, I love you. Amen. I hope you didn't just lie in church. Oh, I know you wouldn't do that. But so I'm excited uh, to pick up where we left off. We're going to do a little recapping like we normally do before we get into the new part of our message. So let's go ahead and look at our foundational scripture. Really the one we've been using every week. It comes out of Luke 6.46-49. through 49. And so there at 46 we got some red letters this morning. As Jesus speaking, he says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say, he says. 47, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and and break and beat against that house, it stands firm. Say, stands firm. firm. Because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. I love this scripture because if we're we're sitting here and we're talking about trying to be made stronger, trying to build better lives, uh, have a better family... Better relationship with God. Jesus says, uh, if you listen to my teaching and do what I say, you will have a firm, solid foundation. One that can stand the tests, the trials, that, that this world has to throw at it. To throw at you and whatever your life, whatever your bubble is. If you, if you continue to listen to Jesus, follow him, uh, do what he says. Uh, he's our measuring stick, right? So we want to look and live more and more like him every day. And so if we do that, he says, uh, and, you, and you build that truth uh, and stack it on the foundation, which is me, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of the church. If you continue to, to build that on that foundation, it, it'll stand. He says, but if you don't listen, you're going to be blown away. You're going to be washed out. You're going to be washed up. You're going to not have enough in the tank to keep following him, living for him. And you're just one storm, one trial, one test away from Falling flat on your face and not having enough faith, enough hope maybe to get back up. So we got to listen to what Jesus is saying and what He says to us. Let's go ahead and look at that, that uh, first recap point there that we said a couple weeks back. We said the words of Jesus are powerful, foundational, and insightful. Jesus' words allow us to see, hear, and feel the heart and will of God for our lives and so it's important that we listen to what he's saying that we we study his word and we 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 need to look and see did jesus really say some of this stuff that we say he says in church and study it out for yourself not just because i say so or liberty church says so but but study it out because his words are powerful they are transformational uh they the red the red words the red letters are different aren't they they stand out in the Word of God. They're different because it's the Son of God speaking. He has a way of speaking to us that not only challenges us, but it, it helps us connect us and reconnect us back to, to God the Father's heart and God the Father's plan and will and vision for our lives. So we, as we listen and, and look and, and, and study and, and seek and, and knock and ask and, and we find that Jesus is who he says he is and that he'll do what he said he'll do. His words are foundational and insightful. And let's look at that next point. We said last week that Jesus said, serve God, stop worrying, and start living your life God's way. Say God's way. And God will give you everything you need. So we got to serve God, we got to live for God by faith, Y'all, we got to stop worrying and stressing and fussing about things of life. I get it, man. we got stuff going on. Life can be crazy. Life is crazy sometimes. But this life of faith that God calls us to, if we live in in doubt and worry and stress, we're actually not even living in a place of faith. The Lord showed me that you can't uh, be filled with hope and stuck in a place of worry at the same time. You know, we live and serve the God of hope, right? So he calls us to live and and serve him and trust him and live our lives God's way instead of living our lives and controlling our lives our way. And we said a couple weeks ago that living for God is important and essential, but living for God is upside down and backwards, right? To the way that your mind and your flesh want to live and operate, and so you got to know that it's upside down and backwards. But when we do that, especially when we seek His kingdom first, we're going to look at and read what Jesus says about this in a moment. When we, when we do it His way, everything that we need, the prayers that you need answered in your life can happen. You can be filled with expectation. You can be filled with hope. Because you're, you're not living and doing life your way. You're living and trusting in God. For Him to show up on your behalf. Let's read Matthew 6, through 34. Some more red letters for us this morning. At 33, it says, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will, there it is, give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring about its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So we have to remind ourselves As we're living for God and doing it God's way, we need to quit trying to control our lives and control other people's lives and control the situations. And uh, We got our eyes on our schedule and our calendar. And when God doesn't meet our expectations according to our schedule and our calendar, then I find myself frustrated and, and worrying and stressing out. God says we need to quit doing that. And if you find yourself in that place, maybe it's because you have not sought his kingdom first. That's probably the first telltale sign, the first signal, the first thing you need to recognize that if you find yourself in that place with no hope, no joy, no peace, frustrated, stressed out, worried, you are not seeking God's kingdom for that area in your life. Jesus says, seek first my kingdom, uh, live righteously, or in other words, do what I say. As you meet, uh, meet with me in the morning, in the afternoon, or whatever it is, as you... You talk and pray to God the Father and you meet with Him, do the last thing that He told you to do. And when we do that, everything that we need will be added to us. So we have to do it His way and not our way, amen? And not, especially don't waste our time worrying about things of the past because that's a real waste of time because you can't go back and we can't find ourselves worrying about things of the future. He says, today's troubles have enough in its own, Amen. So let's give them all we got and all of our trust that we got today. Today. Today will take care of itself. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and look at our first new point this morning. So that's all of our recap. So today, like I said at the beginning of this, we're going to be looking and focusing and talking about loving God and loving others. And you all know you can't, you can't uh, rightly be connected to God and rightly live for God if you're not doing these two things. So let's look at our first point. And so Jesus speaks to us, to you and to me, uh, specifically this morning, in hopes that we'll listen, in hopes that we'll actually listen to what He's saying to us. His red letters confirm us, they challenge us, they affirm us, and they reaffirm us. In just two short commandments, Jesus tells us how we should live. We show love to our God that we can't see by loving his people that we can see. I love that. We show the, our love to a God that we can't see by loving the people, his people, that we can't see. And Jesus speaks, we're studying his words, his scriptures, his red letters the last three weeks. And so he speaks. He came to die for you and to me, but he also came to speak and speak up and speak out so that we'll listen, so that we do know who we are, so that we do know that we're child and children of God. He speaks to confirm that truth in your life, that yes, you're enough. Yes, you can. You're more than a conqueror. Uh, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. When he speaks, he, he confirms those things in his word, he, he, and then he speaks and he, he challenges us, don't he? Oh, don't you love when Jesus starts challenging you and drawing you out of your comfort zone? So he confirms us, he speaks truth, but he challenges us in the same way, in such a way, in love, that something happens on the inside of us and we begin to change and transform. And and he keeps speaking and he affirms those things that he's already said and then he reaffirms it, makes it even stronger as we continue to live for him, trust him more, build a foundation. And we're going to look at a scripture here in a couple moments, and in just two short statements, two short commandments, Jesus puts an end to the law and the regulations that all the believers were living to, according to, before he came on the scene. And he says, I came to do away with that. I'm going to meet all those laws, all those regulations, all those restrictions, but I came so that you can have life and life more abundantly, so that you can shine brightly, so that you can be a promised eternal life, have a great life here on earth. But he tells us how we should live more importantly. So let's go ahead and look at that scripture, Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven 37 through 40. And so Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two. Mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop. Jesus just summarized all the law. In two laws. And do you know what I know? If you do and live out these two things in your life, the rest of the law, the regulations, the restrictions of the old covenant will be fulfilled if you do these two things. The rest of it will take care of itself. Because if you love God with all that you have, you give him everything, and you love each and every person you come in contact with, your neighbor, your family, your extended family, your coworkers, people you don't like. Jesus said even love your enemies. If you do those things, I don't have to worry or stress or think that you are going to lie. That you are going to go kill or murder somebody. That you're going to go cheat on your spouse. We could go through all the Ten Commandments. If you do these two things, the law will take care of itself. Are you seeing this this morning? So he calls us to love the Lord God with, with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, everything that we have to give and love our neighbor as ourselves. So we have to give God our all, y'all. When we were in our worship this morning, as we were praying, I said, We freely love it when God gives us his all. We, we, we take when he gives us his all. But when God calls us to give us our all in every area, every circumstance, every relationship, we we hold on to it sometimes, don't we? I'll just give my 70%, my 80%. God calls us to love him with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul. Everything that we have to give. He calls us to do that. And then he says the second command, which is equally important, is love your neighbor as yourself. So, if in order to do that, we have to give our neighbors the thing that you want to happen in your life. Anybody hear what I'm saying? I'm going to come over to this side I guess. In order to get what you need in your life you have to freely give that thing to your neighbor because you gotta love your neighbor as yourself and maybe if we start doing that some things might start happening in our lives because according to Jesus we're not actually made right. I mean, We have things we have to deal with If we're not loving God with all of our mind, body, soul, and heart, everything that we have, and loving our neighbors as ourselves, we've fallen short. We have sin that has to be dealt with, according to what Jesus says in this scripture. It's only two commandments. It's kind of simple, but doesn't it raise the bar? He confirms who we are and what we can do, but He challenges us, right? But let me tell you, you can do it. You know, do you know how I know you can do it? Some more red letters for you. Jesus said that you will do even greater and grander things than I do. So we can do it. He's, he's not going to call us to do something that he himself can't do or won't do. And did Jesus fulfill these two commandments on top of all the old law and everything else to the T? He's not going to ask us to do something he himself didn't do? Did he love God with all of his mind, body, soul, and heart? Yeah. Uh, he freely gave it on the cross. For you and for me. And did he love others as himself? You better believe it. That's all he did. Was give of himself. Let's look at that next point. So Jesus said, Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. When we do these two simple things, every other law and requirement will be fulfilled. When we judge others, here's the problem. But, but, but here's the problem. When we judge others, it separates us from God and it limits us to love others as ourselves. So we're called to love God with everything that we have. We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. But the thing is, we don't love our neighbors as ourselves because we're constantly critiquing, judging, we're constantly offended by what our neighbor has said or done to us in our lives. And you can't properly Love your neighbor as as yourself if you are offended or if you have judged somebody. (laughs) Do you see that this morning? You can't be made right with God. You can't properly love somebody. You can't properly love your neighbor if you are judging that person or if you are offended with that person. We can't properly love them as ourselves. And judgment, really, the Lord was showing me, is our biggest roadblock that we face from really giving him our full devotion that we have, from from holding us back, from giving him really that everything that we need. Because in that first point, we said we, we, we prove our love to our God that we can't see by loving his people that we can see. And so we'll run around and say things like, man, I love God with all my heart, but man, I can't stand people. People just make me so mad. According to what Jesus says, that don't make no sense. How can you love a God you say you can't see, but you can't even love your brother or sister that you can't see and touch? And the Lord was showing me we're actually loving others as ourselves because we're all offended and judgmental of of each other. We judge people We critique people and we say they don't meet my standards or so-and-so said something and they hurt me or so-and-so didn't say this so I'm offended so now next time I see that person I'm going to treat them the way that they treated me. I'm not loving that person as I'm called to love them as myself. I'm loving them based on how they loved me. Are you seeing this this morning? We can't do that. I get it. People... People are mean. People say mean things. Things happen. And maybe we, we can't forget in the moment, but God calls us to forgive. And we have to do those things. But we have to, we have to love because if we judge others, it separates us from not only God, it separates us from, from the relationships of those people. And it's a scheme of the enemy against your life because if, if you think so-and-so's mad at you or doesn't like you, well, then you re- respond and act in a different way. This it, 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 it disconnects you from that person. Maybe you're supposed to be having a strong relationship with that person, and if you're constantly judging that person, then, then the enemy is one. You're separated. You, want, you keep that person at an arm's length distance. You don't have to deal with that person. Beating that person up in your mind all the time. The judgment is the biggest roadblock that we face that restricts us from our complete devotion that we have to give. Let's read Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Some more red letters. Jesus says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard in which you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, oh, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrites. First get rid of the log in your own eye and then you'll be able to see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So Jesus says, don't judge others and you won't be judged. By the standard you judge others will be the standard that you are judged by. Do you know when you judge somebody else, you are holding them to your standard. They're not meeting your standard, your expectations. You know what happens when you do that? You make yourself God over that person. They don't have to answer to you. They answer to Him. And so if we do that to other people, that same standard, that same harsh uh, law and legality of those things that we hold people to, is going to be measured to us on that day of judgment. That's why, that's why Jesus says, love God with all your heart and love people as yourself. Because if you do that, y'all, we won't have to worry about judging others. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. I feel like the Holy Spirit gave this to me. He said, your perspective is not final. You know, there's always two sides to a story. And so as you are standing from afar judging somebody, being offended or mad at somebody, you only know your side of the story. You only see what you see. It's only your perspective. You have no idea what that person is going through, what they've been through, what they're going through, how far they've come. If they, if they grew up in a great household or grew up in a terrible household, and maybe they act the way they do because they just never had anybody love them. And maybe we can't see because that's the only perspective that we have is the one that we have. But maybe we really can't see because we have a stinking log stuck in our eye. And we're focused on the speck in theirs. And Jesus says, maybe if you got done with all that and stopped worrying about somebody else's sin, somebody else's problems, somebody else's shortcomings, somebody else's mess, and start focusing on your own life and your own sin and your own mess, maybe you could actually help that person on down the road. But until then, take the stinking log out of your own eye. Jesus says, take the log out of your own eye, and then maybe we can talk. how dare us, we, we sit back and we judge other people and we, we get offended and it, it, it really breaks my heart and it makes me kind of nervous for my kids one day because the world is changing so much and we're in this social media day and age and I use it, I get on there. But you better, you better find and pray a healthy balance to that stuff because you will find yourself judging, critiquing, offended, not offended with people. So-and-so didn't like your post, so-and-so Didn't comment on your post. So-and-so didn't share your post. They must be mad at me. Oh, oh, you're getting mad. You're getting angry. And so now you're judging that person. You have no idea. Your perspective is not final. You only see what you can see. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. And so the next time y'all get together, you are at a distance because you're offended and you've judged that person. God calls you into relationship with that person that probably cares about you the most And you're focused on what they haven't done or the standard that they're not meeting in your life according to your schedule, according to your plans, according to your happiness. Y'all, that's not right. Most times we're blinded by our own deception. And as we're blinded, y'all, we cannot, as long as you got a log stuck in your eye. (laughs) Some of us might have logs stuck in both our eyes and we're just kind (laughs) of Going through the darkness, if you're being honest. And if that's the case, y'all, we can't properly love God with all of our mind, body, soul, and heart and give Him everything and say that we're loving others as ourselves. Let's go ahead and look at that next point. So Jesus said, Don't judge others and treat others as you'd like to be treated. We have to stop living and responding based on how others, how we feel others have received us. And instead, we have to start living the best version of ourselves no matter what. Say no matter what. Y'all, so we have to refuse to judge others. You gotta make your mind, not just your mind up, your heart up. I'm gonna refuse to judge others. And I'm gonna refuse to to be offended. Because not only do we judge others, but we live based on how we feel others have judged us. So as we're judging others, others are judging us, and we feel like so and so could be mad at me, or so and so is acting different towards me. So when I get around that person, I actually change the way that I act, talk, and speak, and feel because I feel that they've not received the real Ian, the the Ian that I'm offering to the world. So their their judgment changes my response and the way I live. Does that make sense? So we're we're giving the world all different sorts of ourselves. When I'm with this group of people, uh, my church friends, I act and talk and look this way. When I'm with this group of people that, that act like they like me and they cheer me on and they love me and uh, they say nice things to me, well, I act this way. And I'm with this group of people who, who, who I feel like don't like me or I really don't know if they like me or not, but I, I keep them at, at a distance. and I'm not giving them my best. I'm living according to the level at which I feel they've received who I am. Their pers- your perspective is not final, but you know their perspective in your life is not final either. <laughs> they only have their side of the story. And so maybe what if you stepped out of your comfort zone and loved them as yourself because you don't know even what they're thinking or not thinking anyway. Maybe they're mad at you, maybe they're not. But if you just love them as yourself, I can just about bet nine out of ten times y'all will be closer and closer together. That relationship can stay intact in a healthy place. We can't live to please others either. I'm not saying this so we're living to please others. We live for an audience of one. Amen? An audience of one is is who we live for. But we can't keep giving uh, the world different versions of ourselves. And a lot of the times, we... We treat others, we're just just living and responding and treating others the way others have treated us. (laughs) So, so and so said this, did this, so I'm going to treat that person the same way that they treated me. We can't keep doing that. We have to love others as ourselves, an audience We're not living to please others. We're living to please Him. And we're loving others as ourselves, as we would like to be treated. Let's read John 15, 4 through 5. He says, Remain in me, Jesus says, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful, say fruitful, unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So he says, if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. Jesus is the vine and we're just the branches. Jesus is, is, is the lifeblood. And if we're connected to him, we get to, we get to bear much fruit. Uh, and We're connected to the best thing that there is possibly to be connected to. God gave us his best, who is Jesus Christ. And so if we're connected with the best, then we need to constantly be uh, giving the world and God our best and stop living our lives based on, according to whatever group of people I'm around, and giving God my best no matter what, and giving people my best no matter what, because Jesus says, if you abide in me, uh, I'll abide in you, and you'll bear much fruit. And Do you know what that that type of fruit is, that type of fruit looks like. Man, God is all love. God is all joy. God is all peace. He's all mercy. He's all grace. So if we abide in Him and He's divine and we're the branches bearing much fruit, y'all, we got to bear that same type of fruit no matter what's going on. Chaos in your life. Man, we got we to meet with him. God, I need you. God, I'm abiding in you. God, I'm going to choose to abide in you. God, you're the vine. I'm merely the branch. God, I need the fruit that is, that is within you, that you promised me. God, I need your best. God, from you, I'm connected to you. God, so give me your best so that I can give my best. And he'll give it to you. Let's read that next point. Jesus said, remain in him and he will remain in us. As we abide in Him, we automatically, say automatically, get the best of Christ. This means Jesus and the world should always get the best of us. And if you're taking notes, go ahead and put down in parentheses, your worship is your offering. Your worship is what we have to give. Your worship is that best thing that you can give to Him. And I'm not just talking about worship singing songs. That can be part of it. But do you know worship is your lifestyle? It's how you are at home. It's how you are uh, in church. It's how you are at work. It's, it's, it's how you give God your best, how you give Him your all. It's your everything. And so what, we, we gladly take God's best. I've said this already this morning. But man, if we're connected to the vine, we say, God, yes, I'm connected to you. God, give me your best that you have to give me today. But here's the thing. We'll go ahead and we, we, only, we only give parts of our best to the Certain people in certain places in our life, certain see, we hold on to our best and only give it to the people that we like, or the people that we feel understand us, or the situations and things of life that we, that we like. Family versus work. When you're, when you're with your family, everything's good. You're giving your family 100% and when you're at work, you hate it, you despise it. So you like give your workplace, the people who are providing for your family, the people who are giving you a check every week, you give them 60% from Monday through Friday. When God calls you to give him everything, give, give him your all. Or flip it, maybe, maybe you're one of those workaholics and you give your 100% at work and when you get home, you check out from the family. You're working your way up the corporate ladder and you're, you're, you're praised at work and you love wh- who you work with. You love what you're doing. You get home and your family's falling to the wayside. If we automatically take God's best, y'all, we got to freely give our best. And it's the level of your worship, the worship is our offering that we have to give. It's the one thing, really the only thing you have to offer Him. And it's the level of that worship that shows your level of your commitment. Of how much you're actually putting in and doing. Are you giving him your best in these areas that we're talking about? Or are you giving him your enough to get by? If I do just this right amount, it's enough to get by. If I talk to just this many people at church, I'll be able to get in, get seen, get saw, and then I can go on home. Or if I read, just enough in my quiet time, it's enough to get by. Y'all, God calls us to love Him with everything that we have. That's how we're made right with Him. Y'all, and when when we do this, when when we give Him our best and we love others as ourselves, y'all, it qualifies us to something. It qualifies us to His promises. You want to hear some of his promises? I love God's promises. Let's let's look at them. Let's look at Matthew 7 7 through 11. Some more red letters. Jesus says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, that door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? And so as we properly love God and love people, y'all, we can confidently go to this place. We can confidently look at this word from Scripture, confidently look at these red words, these red letters, this promise from Jesus that says, you can come and knock and seek and find and ask, and it will be given unto you. It'll be given unto you. And he says, he gives good gifts. If we who have fallen short, us sinners who have fallen short, saved and redeemed by His mercy and grace, but know how to give good gifts? How much more does our Heavenly Father know how to provide and protect for those He loves and cares about? He's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to lead you into a dangerous dangerous area or situation. I said a while back that if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in your life, I can guarantee you He'll never lead you into a bad situation. He loves you. He cares about you. He's not going to... He's a good shepherd. We talked about him being our good shepherd. He's going to lead us where we're supposed to go. But now if, if we get off the beaten trail and away from the shepherd and far enough to where you can't hear his voice or his direction anymore and you start wandering, you might find yourselves like the Israelites who were wandering around in the desert for 40 years in circles. Can't hear God's voice, lost God, because they didn't stay connected to their shepherd, to who Jesus is. And when we do this, when we properly love God and love others, these two commandments that Jesus says, the sky is the limit over your life. He gives good and perfect gifts. Let's read that last point. So, when we properly love God and love others, we stay rightly connected to Him. This positions, say positions, us to receive His protection and provision. Receiving the best of Christ means anything is possible in our lives. We can boldly keep asking and keep knocking. We're connected to the vine who is Jesus Christ, who is the best of the best of the best of the best. God saves the best for last, right? We're connected to that best. And because we're connected to the best, everything that you need in your life is possible, you can boldly seek, ask, and knock if you're connected to Him. God, I'm believing. I'm praying. God, I know you can do this. He says we can boldly keep doing those things. If we, if we strive for Him, we can have hope to receive, and we can boldly seek and knock. And that's just it. We have to strive for Him based on these two commandments that Jesus says. Uh, love God and love people. And we can, we can boldly enter into his presence and ask for the things that we need. We went door knocking yesterday, inviting people out to Thanksgiving. Did anybody go? Ooh, a couple of hands. Y'all had fun. It was awesome, right? We had fun too. And me and my amazing wife, we went to the apartments over here in Holly Pond and went up to the door and I, I knocked. And she's like, man, you knock loud. I said, baby, I knock confidently and boldly. I got good news. It's the same way when we go into His presence. Do you not confidently and boldly because you know who you are in Christ and what God's done for you in your life and what He's going to do in your life, or do you enter in and grasp on the door? God, I messed up again. God, I, I don't even know what what. Well, I don't even know where to start, y'all. And that's okay too. Sometimes you got to crawl into His presence, y'all. But there's a difference when you when you know. When you've been doing what you're supposed to do and you don't, have to, you don't have to ease your way into his presence. When you can confidently and boldly go, in, I'm here, God. I'm doing what you've called me to do to my best. God, I'm giving you my all. These things are promised to us when we live this way. Amen? Can we go ahead and get the... Yes, thank you, Haynes Haley. Worship team, y'all can make your way. We got one more scripture for us this morning. So I said at the beginning of this that Jesus, he, he came to live and die for you and for me, but he came to speak and speak up and speak out on behalf of his Father. He never spoke out of turn. And so this scripture, I really want you to grab hold of this, that we, we, we can listen to what he's saying, we can believe it, or we can go the other way. And so right there, at verse 24, it says, Then he added, Jesus said, Pay close attention to what you hear. I hope you all have been paying attention this morning. I hope you all have been giving him your all as you're sitting here in his presence this morning. He says, the closer you listen, the more understanding will be given to you. And you will receive, say receive, even more. When you're connected to the best, he gives you the best, and then he says, I got more. That tasted good, that looked good, that felt good. I got more. He says, the more will be given to them. In verse 25, To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, uh-oh, there's always a but, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Oh, so Jesus speaks in hopes that we will listen. According to this scripture, we can, we can listen to what he's saying, receive what he's saying, Y'all, and we can get better? Anybody want to get better? (laughs) Or you can reject what he said, what he's saying. Reject that he's not who he says he is, and he's he didn't come to do what he said he would do. Reject that, and you can get worse. I want to get better. And as you reject, continue to reject and reject and reject His truth and what He said and His word and His life, and reject His son and reject uh, all the friends that care about you, and reject uh, what Jesus said, living God with all you got, and loving your neighbor as yourself, as you reject these things, you will get more cold-hearted, more hard-hearted, you'll get more calloused, you'll start probably hating God more, and you'll probably start hating people more. Because he says the understanding that you did have, when you reject my truth, I'll take that understanding away and you'll be even worse. Even worse. Oh, it's not worth it. I want to give him my best. I want to go home today better. A better husband. A better better father one day. A better uh, pastor. A better friend. A better brother. A better employee. And Jesus says, if I love God with all I got and love everybody else as myself, then I can ask him for anything and I can get better and I can have more understanding and I can be filled with his love and mercy and grace that catapults me to the next level of life. Amen? I want to ask everybody, let's go ahead and just sit in his presence as we get ready to go into a final song of worship before we're dismissed. and I pray and hope that God spoke to you today, showed you something. <laughs> if there's one little thing, if there's a couple big things, I just pray He spoke to you and showed you something. So I want to go ahead and pray over us as a group. So Father God, we, we love you and we thank you. God, and I thank you that your word affirms us, it confirms us, it reaffirms us, Lord, and it challenges us. God so I pray, God that we answer the call, that we answer that challenge God it's you've given us two simple commandments it's it's really not that hard, but it kind of is, Lord, and so we need you, Father God, we need you to be able to love others as ourselves God and we need you to be better God so help us love you with all we got and help us love others as ourselves, Lord help us. Love our enemies, God. God, it's impossible to love some people without you. It's impossible to love our enemies without you in our life. God, so I pray you blow, blow a fresh breath of life from heaven into, into us this morning. God, let us remember who, who you are, Remember remembering that, remember who we are. God, that we've been bought for, paid for, redeemed, set free. God, and we have good news that's we're sharing. God, and we are to shine brightly for your glory. I ask this in Jesus' name. I want to ask everybody to stay in a place of prayer. If you're here with us this morning, and we've been talking about Jesus, and you know, as we've been sitting talking, you feel and know that you're not right with God. That you've never... Maybe you have or maybe you never have. You've never given your life to Christ. And right now, you you feel disconnected from Him. And you feel if something was to happen, if you were to die today, get into a car accident, anything, you don't know where you're going to go. Man, I don't want you to leave here today with that doubt in your mind. I want you to be able to to leave here today with with joy, peace, like you've never felt probably in a long time. You can have that today by accepting who, who His Son is, Jesus, We call it being born again or getting saved. And you can literally feel the weight of the world lifted off your shoulders if you accept him today, accept him this morning. And so if that's you, I'm going to ask you here in a moment to simply stand up where you're at in in your seat this morning. To stand up. And you say, man, why do I have to stand? And I ask you to stand because Jesus, he went to the cross for you. And if he could give it his all, every ounce of passion and love that he had inside of him to die for you so that you could be made right with God, the least you can do is if God is speaking to you right now in this place, in your heart, and you know it's you because your heart's beating a million miles an hour, the least you can do is stand for him. No one's looking at you. No one's watching. All of us are actually praying for you right now, for salvation in the house. So if that's you, I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Don't let this pass you by if you've never accepted Him. Hallelujah, there are people standing. God sees you. God God knows you. God knows your name. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. I don't know what your life looks like right now, but I know that you're going to experience a peace like you've never experienced in a long time, knowing today that you've accepted Jesus, the best. We've been talking about the best this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and lead us all into a prayer. I want everyone to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We thank you. God, and by faith, we now receive your Son, Jesus. Into our lives. God, and by your Spirit, God, I pray you empower me to live for you. God, to love you and to love others with all that I have. We thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.